oh, I know, I know, I know. It's all about relationship, not religion. And you may not like the words theology or theologian or scholar, but you are one because you're a Christian. So why not be good at it? Welcome to the Kingdom Project Podcast. I'm your host, Marcus Hall. It's been a while. I have not been doing episodes during the week. You guys are getting the sermons, though, on Sunday, and I believe that's, you know, that's good. That's fair. (laughs) And I don't have to keep up with the schedule all the time. Um, 17 weeks on Revelation and then a few other episodes after that. It just took a lot. It took a lot out of me. studying and then preparing sermons for Sundays as well. And, you know, um, just took a break. Uh, Just got away for a little bit. That's okay, though. So here I am. Um, We're back. I'm not going to say I'm going to be consistent right now. It's the holidays are coming up and all that good stuff. So I'm going to talk about uh, theology and Greek words and things like that here in a moment. Uh, Check us out on on, uh, Facebook, Instagram and YouTube, you know, YouTube, uh, get, get, get a lot of comments, get a lot of emails, get a lot of questions and stuff like that. Engage in conversation and I enjoy it. So thank you and keep listening. And, uh, I'm trying to figure out the route I want to go. I have an outline in front of me on understanding covenants, which I think maybe, uh, will may do. I'm not going to promise anything. All right. But that, you know, I got an intro here for about six uh, episodes at least on that to do uh, understanding biblical covenants within uh, the their, their respective canons. So uh, if you don't know what that means, I'm not going to explain it because that's not what the episode is about. I also have plans for an, a really interesting um little a handful of episodes hopefully there should be at least two maybe three i don't know should have already been done i had them scheduled but life gets in the way with sickness and all that but um all i'm gonna say about that is a listener a listener from the very beginning pretty much of the podcast um ended up being a really good friend of mine and through listening and uh, questioning and wanting to challenge some of the stuff that I was putting forth, basically with eschatology and all that, he learned interpretation of the Bible and started to learn context and really started to uh, dilig- diligently apply himself to studying God's word um, in the proper manner. And in doing all that, um, it I, it completely wrecked his, uh, his, his, what his current theology was and had him change a lot of things. So, you know, he was a preter or a, a futurist and went to preterism. And then all of that, though, came from interpretation and in the hermeneutics, which is the science of biblical interpretation, had him change his view on, I you know, I, I don't know if it was half or three quarters or something like that of his theology. And he totally just, um, he totally went through a huge change in that. And uh, because of all that, he was local. And we actually started to talk and then hang out and things like that. And we're friends now. So I'm going to have him on here. It'll be the very first guest I've ever had 
on this podcast. He's going to come and we're going to talk. I got about four pages of questions and comments that I've given him to to go over in the ponder so he could be ready for uh, the conversation and a interview sort of type of way. Uh, style or something like that. I don't know. But he's going to come and we're going to talk and I think it's going to be fun. I think it'll be really interesting for people and um, it, it'll, be, it'll be cool. So be on the lookout for that. So um, I want to talk about theology and how you are one. So you should be a good one. Okay. And so in, in doing that first, um, I, I want to talk real fast before I get totally into be a good theologian. I want to talk about the original languages of the Bible. And I do it all the time. I Let's look at the original Greek. Let's look at the Hebrew word. What's this word mean? And I've learned over the course of doing this show, I've learned more. And in doing that, I've explained that to you guys. So you, you can't just hit... Uh, the word and see it in Greek and then just know what it means all the time. Um, You can't look at the, just go to the roots or uh, the other word in which it's derived from and then just draw a conclusion. Okay. Um, Etymology roots, all that type of stuff. Those are really good and knowing it's fun to do word studies, but most of the time the simp in the simplest case, it's best to just know how to read <laughs> and no context. Context is king. All right. So it's the three rules, context, context, and context. And there, yes, we are removed some 2000 years. Okay. From, from the new Testament, there are idioms and figures of speech and things like that. We do need help on uh, some, but sometimes even in the original Greek, that's not going to always uh, help us understand what an idiom was. So we have to do more type of study. Okay. So, um, but in, in just going and just pulling a word and saying, oh, here's what it means, or you may get three or four or even more definitions on that word. That means that word can be used in four different ways. And so what's that mean? It means the usage of the word is what is important. The usage trumps the root, okay? So if you are just trying to find a word that actually goes with what you feel is the best um, in the definition, then you can be expected to commit an exegetical fallacy, all right? And you don't want to do that, okay? So... um. The etymology, you know, etymology of a word deals with the roots of words. Okay, it's where a word originally came from, um, way back. Okay, but it, it's a very valuable area to study. So none of this is to uh, say don't. You know, I, I'm obviously not knocking the, the studying of words in Greek and, and Hebrew because I do it all the time. Uh, some of these we need to know what it means because in the English translations, some are almost some can be literal, um, and, and some aren't. But um, even when they are, our English word may not mean what that meant in the the original text. Okay, if you follow. Okay, 
The, the problem, though, is when we mistakenly think that a word's etymology will tell this what the word actually means, okay? And this is a, a fallacy that happens in even in our English uh, language, okay? So the word nice in English, okay? Nice, like you're a nice person, okay? Now, if you were to look that up and look at the, the root of it, okay, it's from Latin, and the root means ignorant, Okay, but we're, we're not saying, when I said you're a nice person, I'm not calling you an ignorant person, <laughs> right? So just reading that guy is nice and then doing a word study on nice and then coming to ignorant, you get a totally different view then, right? And that's what I did. I did not mean to say that person is ignorant. You should get the point now. Okay, now... <clears throat> We know that words change. You know, gay uh, used to not mean what it means now. Um, dude, stuff like that doesn't mean things change and all that. That's why we have up-to-date uh, uh, dictionaries and things like that, okay? So, um, but just an example, we, we do do this when we study the Bible, okay? We want to look up the Greek words. We'll most, I would say, uh, use Strong's. Um, concordance okay so but usually we always look at the the, the root and I think before I, I have said look at the roots and see where that comes from um, but all the t it's not always going to be helpful um, because what I think we normally think as I've been you know doing this you know for for a handful of years now is that that when we find the original Greek root, then we just conclude that we found the actual real meaning of the word that's in question. But that then is a root fallacy because it's not all the time, okay? Roots and etymology are good, but, um, or well, before I say but, they can, uh, they can also give us a, a good backstory on why a particular word came to be used to describe the particular thing in which we're looking at. Um, but they don't tell you the real meaning of a word. That's why you need to look the meaning up and the usage of it and the definition of a word because a word's meaning is not de determined by its etymology. Now, there are words that are derived from other words, and those are helpful to know And then, you, in the same way that you want to um, uh, let, like, let Scripture interpret Scripture you want to help have words help you to understand other words. Okay. If that makes sense. Um, but the word, a word's meaning is, is not determined by its etymology. Okay. It's, it's determined by its use usage. Okay. So you don't ask where did this word originate, but what did the writer mean by this word in this usage? Right. What, what is it being what what's being said here or how is he using this word um like i said um it, it that that's something to to question okay so um then when it comes to study study in the bible um we also sometimes think that knowing the the Hebrew the Greek is like this the uh, 
reveal, revealing what's behind the curtain. You know, it, it's the number one thing. It's like, boom, there it is. We've unlocked the secrets. We now have the actual secret of the biblical meaning. And that's not always the case either, right? Um, a lot of times when you start to really um, study study it, you actually are going to find out that uh, what you've <laughs> what you thought you kn- knew from from teachers or preachers telling you about Greek words um, is not always there. That maybe maybe agape love and uh, phileo love aren't different kinds of love. Maybe they are. I'm not gonna go into that right now but i'm just saying maybe maybe it depends on the usage maybe they're synonymous maybe they're not you know maybe uh the gospel isn't really the dunamis or the dynamite of god that gets misused a lot all right greek's really mundane i mean i don't speak greek but it can be very mundane um but it can also bring up a lot more questions uh, than just answering the ones that you're you're trying to figure out. Okay, so I'm not trying to discourage you or anything like that. I'm just trying to lay some things out that it does sound good and it's very helpful. Um, I think a lot of times, though, like when when you're preaching or teaching to a congregation, a lot of people aren't that interested in it, um, and you know, unless they're like you know nerdy like 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 we we think theologians are but that's not what a theologian is okay so um that's just a piece of advice i don't know i'm just talking okay so um basically then when you get you're dealing with a with a verse or a word um you still go back to the three rules, context, context, context. Context is key. So humility sees this um, this is as welcome news, and um, it's also will be relieved by God's way of dividing the labor, okay? Sometimes we spend a, maybe spend too much time looking up words, and then we get more confused. Um, because we don't understand how the language works, okay? Now, <clears throat> if you know more of the historical background, historical uh, settings and things like that, it's really going to help you a lot more in understanding that, okay? But but context is the key most of the time, and the usage of the word is the key. So reading it in its context is don't just zero in on one word all the time because really there's going to be just a handful that we have to really bring up to in order to understand unless, you know, and figures of speech and idioms are there too. But most of the time, most of the time, all you have to do is read the entire sentence and then read the entire paragraph. All right. And, and just don't like don't read with blinders on. Most words don't have a literal meaning at all. But they have a range of possible meanings. There's many different shades. Okay, this is actually a, in theology is called the semantic, semantic range. Okay, so that's when dictionaries um, uh, they, they list several possible options. Okay, it's only when a word is used in its context does the precise meaning become clear. So the better you know a language. Um, 
and the more you know about uh, the, maybe the, the writer and the people and the things that are going on then, you understand what's, what's actually going on when, when, when you read a phrase like heaven and earth or the flesh or the law of the flesh or be, walking by the flesh or walking by the spirit, okay? So context usually narrows the possible meanings to one, all right? Not all the time, but the main, t- or for the m- main part, most of the time. All right. So like, if you want to know, like in first John three, four, um, it says, um, mention sin. All right. Everyone who makes a practice of sinning also practices lawlessness. Well, we don't have to study sin to know what sin is based on the root of the Greek word that's being, being used there. Then you just finish the rest of that sentence. Sin is lawlessness. Okay. <laughs> then you read the surrounding context and then it's, it says everyone who sins breaks the law. In fact, sin is lawlessness, but you know what he, but you know that he appeared so that he might take away our sins and in him is no sin. All right. So sometimes it's as easy as that. Other other times it's not, but for the most part, it's can be a lot straightforward unless you get into topics like eschatology and things like that. All right, so um, the 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 study of the Greek and the Greek words are not bad. It's not all the time necessary. All right, but unless unless you do them properly they may just give you an illusion of knowing something when you actually don't. All right. Um, If you're not interested in that, just get good solid translations like new American standard or ESV, because the people who translated those know the Greek a lot better than we do because they know Greek. All right. (laughs) Don't dismiss their expertise on that. The only thing I would have to say there is, um, you know, and and just a, a solid ounce of understanding of good contextual analysis is is worth so much when you are studying the Bible. All right, so just slow down, read carefully. All right, uh, don't don't do don't be, don't become somebody who um, is going to commit a root fallacy. Um, and, and just remember that context is always the key. And it's king, all right? So read, reread, reread again, and read slowly. It doesn't sound too flashy or, you know, important, but it is in the long run. It gives you a lot more accurate results when you do that. And then if you hear somebody, okay, even me, because you know I always say, you know, let me know questions, disagreements, or anything like that, if you misspeak, or somebody misspeaks, okay, you hear somebody, don't just take their word for it, okay? So um, if they're doing that and then using that word to say it means a word that's not there and then um, then they use the English, the English version of that word and then tell you what the English version or the, the English definition is of that word and says then that's what that is, th- that's just all over the place. I mean, could you even follow that sentence of me just explaining it? Don't ever take people's word for things, even if they're a teacher or you think they're anointed or whatever. Like do do a, you know, fact check them, 
we live in a world of fact checking. It's okay to do. It's totally fine. Thing is, most people don't take the time to do it, so they just believe what they hear, and people get away with their whole point of what they were trying to do in the first place is trying to make something be or say something that it's not saying. All right. So that that's the whole point. So in all of that, okay, this all is theology. You may not like those words. You may not like theology. You may not like the word theologian. You may not care for to be a scholar. All right. Um, but uh, great are the works of the Lord studied by all who delight in them in Psalm 111. Okay. Studied here. Okay. Studied is the word. Okay. You are a, theo- a theologian, whether you like it or not. Okay. So you're a Christian. You're in Christ. That's your life. <laughs> right. Um, if you're evangelical or you're part of pop Christianity and you're in a big church, um, like you're all about the memes or whether they're memes or not, but quotes, making Bible meme or scripture memes, posting them on your social media. You're all about the selfie with some sort of scripture on it and things like that. Like this is who you are because you're a new creation in Christ. We, by nature, as humans, usually get into something that we really like, depending, you know, um, on uh, as an individual. So you study what you love. Gro- like, I love music. I don't love it as much as I used to, but growing up, music was my identity. So I bought all the music magazines. I watched MTV all the time. I studied the lyrics, you know, in the inserts of the records and then cassettes and then CDs. I want to know the lyrics and I'd read along as I listen to the music. It's part of the experience, you know. I knew about my favorite musicians and my bands. I knew the history. I knew the changes and the lineup changes. I knew how they recorded an album. These are, you know, I was immersed in this because I loved it. Right. So um, you may be like that about your well, hopefully <laughs> may. I shouldn't say you may. Hopefully you should be like that about your spouse or your children. You know, all sorts of things about them. Right. Like your spouse. Maybe you didn't meet you like grow up and live like in grade school and high school and all that with your spouse. But you probably know like their history. You probably know about their upbringing and their childhood. You probably know about the um, how their life was and now who they are, right? I'm just saying all all of all of this to say if we're so scared, careful to be so immersed to study and actually accurately represent those things in our lives, then we we should actually be like that about our savior and the whole story that's that surrounds that okay so uh, that old testament psalm actually challenges this challenges us to adopt this posture of study and it's not just flip it like type of study of just uh, proof texting and things like that and memes <laughs> or selfies with scriptures it's a, a careful study 
And it's a careful study as we approach the scriptures. All right. And that theme is all through uh, the Bible. You know, the Phar- a Pharisee comes up to Jesus and s- says, teacher, you know, like, what's the greatest commandment? And he replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. Right. We 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 love we we love to just say love the Lord your God with all your heart with all your soul. Um. It, and we may not necessarily leave out the mind part, but we don't usually pay attention. We love heart and soul stuff. We love getting caught up in whether or not man's a dichotomy or trichotomy and all this stuff. And the soul and the spirit is separate, and the soul is the mind, will, and emotions, and the heart's there. You know, the spirit man's good, but then this other part's not good, and all these like things that are totally removed. I think from the biblical text, but we don't pay much attention to the mind part, right? The greatest commandment Jesus insists includes loving God with your mind. Okay. So how well do we do in that? Are we actually alert and engaged in our minds when we read scripture? Like are, are, do we read slowly do we meditate and ponder slowly and carefully and study to a serious uh, amount of, of um, uh, like, seriousness that actually engages our mind, right? Because the heart's good. the It should be engaging the heart, too. Um, but it, it's our mind that matters. That's where we spend all of our time. Unless, you know, maybe I'm crazy. I don't know. But most of the time I'm in my head studying in my head even thinking talking to god or praying you know worshiping thinking of things breaking things down what ifs scenarios uh, teachings even podcast episodes thinking the stuff how do i approach this how do i say this what does that mean it's all in our minds okay <laughs> you know what i mean so anyway um it, 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 and so it may seem really hokey to some people, but I like to be, you know, a Berean. I, I would l- like to consider myself a Berean. I think I am. And those people who are like that, a lot of times, a lot of people go, oh, it's just all about your Berean, Berean. And uh, a lot of people don't like it because they don't like theology. They don't like the word, um, you know, theologian and things like that. And people ask too many questions or people who like to nitpick and tear things apart and question what you were saying, because sometimes it's sometimes it's just misheard from filters and things like that. Other times it was not taught correctly. And so we want to know where that's at in the, the word. OK, so Paul and Silas. Uh, uh, f- fled from persecution in Thessalonica, okay? And they, they show up in this town called Berea. Okay, so they go into the local Jewish synagogue and they start proclaiming that Jesus is the Messiah. And what's the audience do, right? It says, now the Berean Jews were of more noble character than those in Thessalonica, for they received the message with great eagerness and examined the scriptures every day to see if what Paul said was true. They were searching scripture daily to see if what Paul was saying was true. They were like the Berean Jews. They didn't listen mindlessly. Um, they they were check they they would check the teaching against the Hebrew scriptures. 
Okay, and look, Paul Paul isn't mad about it. Paul's not bad if they're like saying, all right, time out. Uh, like, I'm going to search the scriptures. You know, I'm going to put your word against the Hebrew scriptures, which is God's word. I'm going to put your word against God's word here to see if what you're saying is true. He doesn't get mad about it. He doesn't put them down. He doesn't make fun of them. Luke, in the writing, this is in Acts 17, Luke doesn't rebuke them for not taking the apostles at his word. He actually commends them. All right? So their impulse was to actually just stop, slow down, and to study. And that's what reveals them as being more noble in character. All right? They are actually loving God with their minds. And there's nothing wrong with that Um, to shut down your mind or bypass your mind or to forget about the mind um, may actually makes no logical sense whatsoever. Just think about that. It really doesn't. You really aren't going to do anything in your life without your mind at all. Your mind's working even when you're sleeping. So um, to try to get past that, um, it, it really, if you want to do that successfully, you'll probably need to have a lobotomy. <clears throat> then you're not going to do anything with your mind. So people who are always trying to engage in these narratives like that of like, don't don't overthink it, don't overanalyze it, don't try to you know be like this, that, and the other, whatever, they're always putting down those of noble character because those with noble character want to actually pit what they're saying in their teachings against the word of God to see if what they're saying is true. And that's what we should be doing. Okay. So, um, that is theology. Okay. So, um, and, 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 and here's another thing. Theology is also doctrine. All right. Now, if you get into Romans, which is a very, very theological book on doctrine, uh, chapters 9, 10, and 11 there is this huge, it's the deep end of the theological pool, if you will. But Paul concludes that section, um, 33 of 11, saying, Oh, the depth of the, the riches of the wisdom and knowledge of God, how unsearchable his judgments and his paths uh, beyond tracing out. And then he says, For from him and through him and for him are all things, to, to him be glory forever. Amen. The thing is, is the thing that's arresting Paul's mind and his heart that moved him to erupt in this worship in these these statements here that he wrote is that in the in the context of the the passage of the a whole is the thing that grabbed his attention was doctrine. It drove him to this joy. His theology, and by the time he's writing this long of a letter, in which we would call a chapter eleven, by the time he gets to that point, he just explodes. His theology explodes into uh, doctrine, which is doxology. All right, so and and it's blowing his mind, but he's using his mind and he's worshiping Lord because of it. So we study to know God, we study to praise God, and we can't praise what we don't know. So we, we should never have anybody try to convince us that theology or study is impractical, or that it distracts us, or that 
it hinders worship or hinders the Christian lifestyle or that it puts a damper on the Holy Spirit, okay? Because some people will say, oh, you believe in Father, um, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Bible, but not the Holy Spirit. That's just, they're, they're coming up, up with a false narrative there. It, it's totally silly because when you read the Bible and you study the Bible, the Holy Spirit's actually working to help illuminate Scripture to you so you can understand it better. All right, so it, when somebody is trying to say, you know, that no, 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 you're like, that's wrong. Like, you have to know that any good thing can be misused, okay? The purpose of theology, though, is never just, it's not to make you smart <laughs> or to be puffed up or proud with knowledge and all this stuff. Because people, I've had people tell me that too. And it's not to make you smarter or to feel smarter or to make you feel more superior. The whole purpose of the theology is to like stoke the fire of your love of God, to stoke your worship, deepen your love, to fuel your Christian life, to sustain it. Okay, so all, all it takes, all it takes to be a theologian is is to have an opinion about God. That's all it takes. Anytime anybody starts to talk or think about God even if it's in uh, disagreement or debate or argument, anytime you start to talk about God or Jesus, the Holy Spirit, or anything in relation to the scriptures, you are doing theology. That I mean, that's it. It's like I, So uh, I don't understand why it becomes such a bad word for people. Uh, so y- you're, you're doing theology when you have these discussions and when you think these things. All right, so you you are a theologian. So the real question then is whether you is not if you're a theologian. It's whether if you're a good one or not, and th- it's that simple, right? Has it enriched your life? Has it made your worship deeper? Or do you have more joy? Have you been strengthened and empowered by it more? Right. Um, the the approach then. Um, becomes it, it doesn't become like this this legalistic type of thing that I have to do this today like you want to do it today right and some days you don't have time to do it and that's okay but if since you are a theologian be a good one I mean that's the thing like if you're going to be a Christian you're going to be a good one right so like I <laughs> I mean I don't know how to be really be a bad Christian um, but of course people w- will have their opinion on that. But, um, the whole thing is they approach your Bible with this, with wanting to learn, asking the author to teach you what it means, right? You just don't sort of just skim the surface of it. Like you want to just, you want to dive in and explore, explore really what's going on in there. All right. Um, it, it's the best, it's the best thing you ever read, really. So you want to be submerged in it and let it, let it teach you. And, and then, then you, then you gain wisdom and then you pray for wisdom and the Lord shows you the wisdom in the word. And then, then you know how to pray according to his will and whatever that you're praying for in your life. So, um, doesn't matter if you don't like those words. Okay. The theology or theologian or scholarly or academia or any of that stuff. The fact of the matter is you are a theologian, so don't be a bad one. Be a good one and be as good as you can be. Um, you don't have to try to outsmart 
or debate somebody. It's not about the social social media debates and conversations or arguments that goes on. Um, for me, it's about doctrine and and re, like learning, relearning um, everything that I thought I knew because I didn't really know any of it um, or most of it. Um, I, I you know I knew some of the core stuff, but I had a lot of other uh, such a mixture of it that I needed to find out for myself. So what do you do when you need to find out for yourself? You go to the Word and you start to you start to search the scriptures to see if what you know <laughs> is actually true. And and then you learn how to rightly divide the word of God and know how to divide it from um, between uh, uh, law and gospel. And then it starts to become applicable and applied in your life. And before you know it, you don't have a problem with theology or the, uh, theologian or scholarly comments and debates and big words like dispensational premillennialism. Uh, premillennialism or um, or uh, presupposition uh, and things like that. It just doesn't become a problem to you because you know you know what you believe and you know the doctrines of the Bible and you actually are enriched. Your life is enriched and your relationship with the Lord um, is stronger because of that. So, um, and, and that's worship too. It's worship as well. So, so be a good one. It, it, you ever want to be good at something? You, maybe, maybe you're not good. Maybe you think you're not good at anything. Um, you can read the Bible and be good at it. So be a good one. Be a Berean. Study it. Um, <laughs> find 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 out what's true, what's not. All right. If you have any questions, comments, disagreements, you can send them my way at the Kingdom Project Podcast at gmail.com. Um, don't forget to leave a comment or like the page on Facebook and Instagram. And until next time, be a mustard seed, be loving, my friends.